1: Show week five Bengals versus Ravens. If you even want to call that a game, the Cincinnati Bengals were absolutely embarrassed by the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. They lose the game 27 to 3, and the last field goal made by the Bengals came as the closing minutes, closing seconds of the game just to avoid a shutout. So, unfortunately, the Bengals fall now to 1 3 1 on the season. And it is getting pretty ugly in the Bengals locker room. We'll talk about that in just a second. We'll talk about a lot of things. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm Anthony Cazenza, by the way, in case you're new around these parts and you haven't joined us for a post-game show before. Happy to have you with us. I'm with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and or Black Insider Bengals podcast. So thanks for tuning in. And I know this isn't going to be – it's never fun talking about a loss. <clears throat> and I want to I say this. If you're looking for me, if you're looking for a guy that's going to cover this team in sugarcoat what happened today, that's not going to happen for me. I'm not going to sugarcoat what happened today. That that was an inexcusable performance. Yes, we know the Baltimore Ravens are a good team. But if you are looking for me to sugarcoat what happened today, look for a lot of positives in what happened today, that's, not, that's simply not going to happen. And I know a lot of fans don't like to be negative. I don't like to be negative about the Cincinnati Bengals. But what was positive about today? I'm kind of at a loss for where to get started here. I will say this. The Bengals' defense, you give up 27 points in Baltimore. By the way, it wasn't even 20, 27 points that they gave up. They gave up 20 because one was a fumble recovery made for a touchdown made by the Baltimore defense. So your defense gives up 20 points to Lamar Jackson, holds him greatly in check. You got Joe Burrow under center. You, you think you should win that game. However, the defense was gift-wrapped. A number of interception opportunities. This, is, this was probably one of the worst – professional games I've seen Lamar Jackson play I haven't seen him every 16 you know I didn't see him every single game last year I didn't see him every single game this year but I have watched quite a bit of Lamar Jackson being that they're in the Bengals division this was probably one of the worst games I've seen Lamar Jackson play as a pro Uh, the weather probably had something to do with that I feel that the Bengals defense actually had uh, some good coverage on Ravens wide receivers they did okay against the run Um, you, You basically, you allow 20 points to Lamar Jackson on his home field. That's a winnable game. That's a winnable game. And I'm going to say this. Shame on the Cincinnati Bengals for drafting Joe Burrow and doing nothing to protect that asset. You draft him number one overall. You know he's going to be a special player. He's already shown it. By the way, today was his worst game as a pro and not coincidentally it was one of the worst offensive line performances I have ever seen. But you know he's going to be special. He has already shown it despite the offensive line issues. Shame on the Bengals for not protecting their most valuable asset on the team in their quarterback. That offensive line is an embarrassment. I last week publicly called out certain names and family members of those offensive line linemen on the Bengals, came after me publicly on social media, which is fine. That is, it's inexcusable how poor that offensive line is. Inexcusable. And the fact that they keep trotting out a number of these same players and not bringing in other guys to, even midseason, not bringing in other guys to potentially compete for a spot, not finding ways to fix this thing. Shame on the Bengals. You, this is what happens when you don't draft an offensive lineman until the sixth round, and you use free agency to draft or to, to sign one free agent journeyman lineman who, by the way, has not been healthy the past couple of weeks. This is the product you get. And I, I, my thought today with Joe Burrow. By the way, there's some of you saying lost audio, et cetera. In case, uh, I, I think the stream's going well. In case you're losing audio, hit refresh. Specifically where you're watching it, whether it's Cincy Jungle's Facebook page or the YouTube channel, refresh the page and it should pop back up. But I kept going to the thought of not poor Joe Burrow necessarily, not poor Bengals. Not, I, I thought about Joe Burrow's parent, parents and being a parent myself, you never want physical harm or anything to happen to your child and the angst and the, the stress level, quite frankly, that the, that the Burrow family probably has to, has had to deal with for these first five games in the amount of hits that Joe Burrow has had to take, the amount of sacks that he has had to take. My thoughts went to the Burrow family, quite honestly, There, there, there are some ugly, ugly hits being had on Joe Burrow and it is, It's uncomfortable for me to watch. I can only imagine what Joe Burrow's parents are going through on a weekly basis, seeing what's happening. I see this right here. Jeremiah, Jeremiah Coble. Joe, Joe held the ball too long too. Yeah. Yeah. Rich Gannon on the telecast. He, he said that, that is, that's for sure an issue. We know with Joe Burrow, when you bring him in as your quarterback, we know that he likes to create, he likes to ad-lib, he likes to do what Patrick Mahomes likes to do, he likes to do what Aaron Rodgers likes to do, they run around and they maneuver the pocket. What happens with that is you get potential big plays, you get, you've seen it at LSU and a couple of times already this year, you've seen it work. What also comes with that is extra hits. So yes, Jeremiah, that is a good point and a fair point. That does not excuse the offensive line play. And it's not even just the protection of Joe Burrow. When you see Joe Mixon get a handoff, a pitch, something, and there are defenders already on him when he he gets the ball, that is an offensive line issue. A lot of people are calling for, you know, Zach Taylor or or Jim Turner or whatever to be fired. I'm not – I don't like calling for people's heads. I don't like calling for people's jobs or anything like that. I, I just will say this. the fact that this staff and this team backed this group of offensive linemen and were supremely confident and we were all dummies for doubting them and doubting the talent level on this offensive line. Um, shame on them. that's that that's what I'm gonna say about that. I'm not gonna call for people's jobs or anything like that because that's just not I'm not about that. but It was an egregious error by this coaching staff and this organization to overvalue the players that they are putting out there. Now, Jonah Williams looks like he's going to be a pretty solid offensive lineman for this team. There's still hope for Michael Jordan, but it's it's a roller coaster at left guard there. Trey Hopkins is pretty sound at center. You know, he's a decent center. Um, We thought we had something out of Alex Redman at right guard based on last week. And he had two penalties today. Bengals couldn't get anything going offensively. And then Bobby Hart is Bobby Hart. So right now the Cincinnati Bengals need to be looking at three new offensive line, if at least two new offensive linemen. And, uh, you know, I, I've said this a bunch of times on other podcasts and whatnot, this draft, we, we all knew that this this year wasn't going to fix every single roster problem that this team had. And if you look at the linebacker play today, uh, compared to last year against Baltimore, hey, Logan, Logan Wilson almost had two interceptions. He had one. Josh Bynes making some plays. They limited the damage. And this is why they invested so heavily at linebacker, this specific game against the Ravens. That's why they wanted these linebackers. That's why they wanted to get DJ reader who by the way was carted off the field, pretty ugly there. That's not good news for the Bengals. He has been playing very well for Cincinnati and losing him is going to hurt. Um, if we will, we'll wait to get more of a prognosis there, but that is not good news, but Hey, we knew all the problems weren't going to be fixed this year. They had a quarterback to get, they needed some wide receiver help. They needed a ton of offensive line help. They needed help on defense everywhere. It wasn't going to work all in one one off season, <clears throat> and we're we're seeing that. But I, I got a lot of tweets today too, and I, by the way, I'm going to share some stats and all that stuff too. I, I so we'll we'll get to X's and O's and and that sort of thing. But I was given some tweets. Hey, you know, it's the Ravens. Of course, the Bengals are going to get stomped. The, the Ravens are very good team. Yes, yes, we know that. But as I've said. And as I think most fans would agree, these are the types of games that the Bengals need to learn how to win. The primetime games, beating stiff competition, going on the road, and beating divisional opponents, these are the games you need to learn how to win. It didn't need to necessarily happen today in terms of them getting a win. But 27-3, to H- half a dozen sacks of Joe Burrow, you got to start taking steps in the right direction. This was a monumental leap backwards based on what they have done the past couple of weeks, couple of weeks. Pretty inexcusable. Now there is another, there is another issue here and I'm going to share this kind of going viral. Uh, and this is what happens when you start, when you're what three seventeen and one, Zach Taylor, uh, head coach, this is what inevitably happens. You start losing your players. You start losing your star players. Here's A.J. Green. This is courtesy of Kyle Smith over at Stripe Hype. Uh, says, I'm not a professional lip reader, but is does he say just trade me at the end of this? Um, so let's, let's have a look. There's not really much to hear, but... it sounds or it looks like he says if you're not going to use me just trade me. No, I'm not a, I'm not a lip reader either. Uh, so, I mean, you you make the call there, but that I understand that there's a lot of there's a lot of issues with AJ Green, his effectiveness this year and the fact that the team is paying him 17-18 million dollars this year alone as a franchise tagged player and I understand he has not been producing. These are the inevitable locker, negative locker room effects that take place when you have three wins in one and a half seasons as a, as an NFL head coach. These are the things that happens when you bench a Carlos Dunlap, AJ Green, not getting the, the looks that he feels he should have. Now I know uh, Bengals fans are saying, well, he's not getting open. He's not doing things. Yes. True. True. But he's still AJ Green. And I mean, quite honestly, if you look at track records of of success in the NFL, you look at AJ Green, you look at Zach Taylor, and and you're seeing maybe what I don't want to speculate, but I mean, it really looks like that's what he's saying in that is something about trade me in that in that clip. I, I you know it, it's just an it's a negative stigma in the locker room, and this thing could get. Spiraling out of control fast, and I, I see AJ is done. Move on from Chris Staggs. I say I see Joe Johnson. He's done. Whether it's with the Bengals or being productive, he's done. This is why we drafted T Higgins. I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you, but I still think there is a niche for AJ Green to be productive as an NFL player, and the Bengals aren't aren't finding that. AJ Green isn't finding that. So now you have a potential issue if this is what it looks like that you have a potential issue in the locker room with one of the best players who's ever walked through that franchise so you know it's it, and you can take sides on that if you want but the fact of the matter is is if that's if that's what he's saying and that's what was caught on tape that's not a good look for anybody it's not a good look for the team it's not a good look for AJ i don't know we're going to get to some X's and O's here in just a second. I'm going to pull up the stats, and we can we can kind of go a little tail of the tape here. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Happy to have you all join. We've got a lot of live listeners, live viewers joining us. Appreciate that. That's awesome. And appreciate the support that you've shown this show and all the other episodes we put out there. I hope you enjoy the Cincy Jungle podcast channel, which includes my podcast, The Orange and Black Insider, but also Ace and Zim bringing New Stripe City and Orange is the New Black. They've they've been killing it on interviews. Uh, we, we've had a lot of good interviews this year, but really in the last month, they've had Hugh Jackson, AJ Green, and I, uh, you know, a, a bunch of others, Carl Lawson, you know, they've had a bunch of neat interviews. So hopefully you check those out. Hopefully you're enjoying the new pregame show by Narragansett beer that we have been bringing you Matt Minnick, myself, and John Sheeran. So hopefully you've been counting down to kick off with us there. And of course the myriad of other shows in between. Um, we appreciate you tuning in and showing us support. I know it hasn't been easy as a Bengals fan being upbeat, positive, and uh, you know, there's a lot of negative talking points at this at this point in time. But we appreciate your support.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs
1: the some of the statistics in this game, and it was not pretty. It was not pretty at all. Uh, I mean, we don't need to go through the drives. I think we know <laughs> basically the Bengals scored a field goal at the end. By the way, there's kind of conflicting opinions about the Bengals going for a field goal at the end. There, um, I, I was just kind of, I don't know, I I wasn't disgusted by it, but I was just kind of like, oh boy, and um, you know, I didn't even. It just kind of felt like a a little bit of a concession. But some people are saying, hey, you avoid the shutout and you got to get some points on the board, have some positive talking points. You weren't moving the ball today. Okay, fine. I see both sides. That's fine. Here's Here's the deal, guys. 19 of 30, 183 yards. And by the way, the dropbacks that Joe Burrow had was far more than 30 because he had three runs off of broken plays, He also had – we'll have to look at the sacks here. I think it was upwards of six. We'll get there in a second. But, I mean, he he dropped back close to 40 times, um, if not more so, and only got 30 passes off, completed 19 of them, 183, zero touchdowns, one interception. Not a great showing from Joe Burrow. And, look, there was one play today Uh, – I understand this stat line for Joe Burrow because of the offensive line play. I've said this a bunch of times. When I start to get worried about – Joe Burrow is a confident guy. He can overcome a lot of issues in terms of surrounding talent, that sort of thing. When I start to get worried is when bad habits develop and when bad things – Not the normal type of film that we usually see from a Joe Burrow. When things pop up on film, you go, whoa, what was that? There was a specific throw. I believe it was in the third quarter today. He scrambles out of pressure. Joe Mixon is wide open. Does a great job scrambling out of pressure. And what does he do? He sails the ball over Joe Mixon, not only, and and it almost was an interception, but that could have been points there, either on that play specifically or led to points because there was a lot of open field for Joe Mixon. Now, it was rainy today. Maybe that played a part in that. But when you start to see the pressure piling up on, on Joe Burrow, the sacks, the hits, all of that, and now that's a throw he, in a play he makes in his sleep normally. And that's kind of his MO, the scramble away from pressure, hit hit a guy keep the eyes upfield, field, hit a guy, and, and make a big play. The fact that he missed I know it's just one play, and I may be overreacting, but that's concerning. When you start to see the offensive line start to have this wave effect, this ripple effect, and affect Joe Burrow in ways that uh, we're not used to seeing, um, not good. Joe Mixon, speaking of uh, <laughs> not a good performance, 24 carries for 59 yards, 2.5 yards yards per carry for Joe Mixon. What can you say about that other than offensive line issues? This isn't, this isn't Joe Mixon. I'm going to tell you that. It's not like he's, you know, I, I mean, he get he has his hands right when he has his hands on the ball. Feels like the majority of the time there are defenders in the backfield awaiting to grab him. And the fact that he is getting positive yardage out of some of these plays is a miracle in itself. You have Mike Thomas with the one carry for one yard. We'll get there in just a second. T. Higgins, your leading receiver, four catches, 62 yards, no touchdowns for anybody. A pedestrian day for Tyler Boyd, four catches, 42 yards. Boyd has been Boyd and Higgins have really been making some nice plays in recent weeks. Here's, here's the issue there, too. T-, T. Higgins, four catches on eight targets. Tyler Boyd, four catches on six targets. Not good, uh, you, you know not good. And then of course you got AJ green who was targeted once zero catches, zero yards. And we talked about that in just, uh, just a few minutes ago, Mike Thomas with a critical fumble. Bengals start moving the ball and heck of a play by Marlon Humphrey. Um, you know, he concedes the reception. However, Mike Thomas kind of charges forward and Humphrey, as he's tackling Thomas to the ground, punches the ball out. And of course that becomes six points the other way, just kind of snowballing a lot of you know the snowball effect of all this stuff Joe Burrow had two fumbles he lost one of them the one that they he didn't lose was an absolute I mean you might as well cue the clown music I mean it was like bouncing around everybody he he gets hit he loses the ball the ball gets bounced around three or four different times finally Joe Mixon kind of makes an effort but I think he was mostly trying to just hit the thing out of bounds and uh try and have the team retain possession so um good play by Mixon there but you know just you see here, you got you had the one one lost fumble by Burrow, one lost fumble by Thomas, and then of course the interception uh, by Burrow as well, and three turnovers. You know, not going to do it. Logan Wilson, I said, had a had a good game with the interception there. Uh, Jesse Bates was making plays again. He looked pretty good out out there. Um, Von Bell was beat a couple of times. Did have six total tackles. Akeem Davis, gather one of the guys that had a gift wrapped interception fall. It hit him in the like neck, in the throat, and he as he was kind of falling backwards, and he he couldn't make the play. Um, Bynes was pretty active. Sims had a, a, a pass defended in the end zone. Um, so, you know, he had a, a decent day. Look, when you go to the Baltimore Ravens side offensively, you're not going to be overly impressed. Lamar Jackson had the two touchdowns, but 180 yards passing. And then you're you're saying to yourself, well, he must have been running all over the field then. Two carries, three yards. So for the missed opportunities that the Bengals defense had and all these other issues – they gave they gave the team an opportunity to win today. Like I said, they they conceded 20 points on the road to Baltimore, kept Lamar Jackson to 183 total yards. You corral those interceptions potentially a much different score, but um, you know, they did their part. They really they the defense did for the most part did their part. Mark Ingram 11 carries 57 yards, nice average there, but you know, uh didn't really, you know, you don't sit there and say, Mark Ingram won this game for him. Uh, Devin Duvernay, the one big play, the one big run. Uh, Dobbins had a big run, but you know, other than that, it really wasn't just, I mean, Marquise Brown was was kind of torching the Bengals a little bit in the passing game today, but still under hundred yards receiving Mark Andrews. Again, the Bengals still have issues guarding tight ends, particularly against Baltimore. But, you know, even with these issues, the the defense did enough. I feel like the defense did enough. It was, this was all about the offensive line and this was all about the ineffectiveness of that unit and how that just affects really that offensive line affects the entire team. It affects the entire team. And uh, you know, you, you can, you can kind of see that here's, this is where it gets ugly folks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven sacks. the Baltimore Ravens and it's not just you know a bunch by one big star it's all over the place and here's here's something to notice too by the way we knew and we talked about going into this game that the Baltimore Ravens would only be able to generate true pressure by blitzing and that's what they did you see a sack by a linebacker here sack by a defensive back here defensive back here They, they were blitzing guys and the Bengals had no answer when you would you would think that they would be able to know that that's what Baltimore wanted to do especially with a rookie quarterback under center and they didn't have answers they did they did not have any answers for what was being shown to them up front so not good all around for the Bengals offensive line um I don't know that there's any team stats quite yet they usually compile those towards the end so um I don't yeah, that doesn't appear to be here, so we can't go through some of those. But at one point in the game, the Bengals late were 3 of 12 on third downs. That changed a bit once they were kind of in two-minute offense and going for it on fourth downs and all kinds of different stuff. So, um, you know, that is – that's that. I'm seeing, you know, someone says here, DJ Reader out for the season. I don't I don't know if that has been confirmed to this point um, when I took the air – when I was taking the air, it did not appear that that was the news there, but we will we will see here. Here's Here's kind of today in a nutshell. It was, of course, the same old Bengals type of play where they make their own mistakes and can't capitalize on big opportunities to win these games. I said this at the onset of the show. This is a game that you need to start learning how to win. These are the quarterbacks you have to beat. You have a Joe Burrow now. You have who will in all likelihood become one of the NFL's good great quarterbacks in the league, one of the better quarterbacks in the league. These are the games you need to start to learn how to win. I If they lost today and it was 27-20, if it was 31-20, kind of close, I would be like, you know, tough game. We didn't expect them to win but you know the plays were there they put some points up i feel like there's they still are taking the baby steps they need to take this this was not even close to that and you can blame it on the weather you can blame it on the coaches you can blame it on whoever it regardless this was not even close to something that resembled baby steps of progression and I, it's very disappointing it's very disappointing and i came away really my big disappointment kind of showed how far apart these two teams are at this point in time. And you see – when you see the offensive line issues from the Bengals and when you see the other side of the field where the Bengals can't get to Lamar all that frequently and, you know, the the Ravens have taken offensive linemen in in days, you know, one, two, and three in the draft, you kind of see roster construction. You see why – the Ravens are one of the best run franchises in the league. Why Ozzy Newsom for so many years had so had such a great reputation as a personnel guy, why they continue to be that to this day. It's just you, you kind of see the chasm between these two teams. You really do. Um, and the Bengals, I like who they who they drafted this year. Logan Wilson made the interception today. I think he's he's got two on the year already. He looks pretty good. I like, I like that pick. And I liked it when they made it, made it. T Higgins is starting to emerge as a top target for Joe Burrow. Uh, I liked that pick when they made that as well. Obviously Joe Burrow being Joe Burrow. So I like what they did, but when you draft a quarterback and you have a rookie quarterback, you have to protect him. That's when, if you don't, that's when bad habits occur. That's when losses pile up, injuries I mean, we've already seen Joe take a a shot against the Eagles where it caused him to miss, thankfully, only one snap. But he took a shot in that game. He continues to take shots. It's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. Um, And and I I actually am hard-pressed to blame the offensive linemen themselves because if the talent's not there, the talent's not there, right? Right. I am more of the mindset of blaming the organization and blaming this coaching staff for ardently backing who they have for whatever reason. They felt that they didn't need to go and get any of these high-priced acquisitions in free agency. They didn't need to go You know, after those first three picks. They didn't feel like they needed to go offensive linemen, offensive linemen, offensive linemen, offensive linemen, the rest of the draft, whatever the reasoning. But they are supremely confident in this group, or they were going into this season, and we were all dumb for questioning them, and we were all unintelligent and didn't know football because we questioned the talent on this offensive line. And here we are five games in, and our worst fears are kind of coming true when it comes to this team. They can't protect the quarterback. They can't run the ball, and their prized quarterback is getting hit far too often. Yeah, some of those are on on Joe Burrow. I think he would admit that. Some of those are on him. He's holding on to the ball, but he's also trying to create. He's trying—that's what he does. So it is a frustrating, frustrating game. I've seen a lot of ugly losses in my time following and covering the Cincinnati Bengals. This, this is up there. This is up there for me. I, I don't, you know, you get that courtesy field goal at the end there, and wasn't a fun game to watch at all if you're if you're a Bengals fan and really, really disheartening coming off of a win coming off of a tie before that. And a couple of close games that you feel like you maybe could have won at least one of those. This was a, this was a big step backward, big step backward. And Zach Taylor in his post game press conference said something to the effect of, you know, it's not time to hit the panic button yet. I don't know when that time is, but he, and maybe he's just kind of saying that to save face, but, uh, it's pretty concerning, pretty concerning, especially with Joe Burrow under center and taking as many hits that he's that he's been taking. I'm laughing because of this quote from Nate King: "I'm available to play right guard. Can't be much worse." Um, I see here Malcolm Wilhelm. Does the front office take some drastic action this week, Jim Turner? Perhaps. I don't know. I don't. I I don't know who's going to fall on the sword for this, and uh, I, I don't even know if anyone will. I don't know if it's, and I, I'm not going to call for people to lose their jobs, but um, you know what what is being put forth on a weekly basis at the offensive line is unacceptable. So whether you give Hakeem Adenogy a shot, whether you go get a street free agent, whether you hope Xavier Suofilo comes back in the next couple of weeks and he is a cure all at right guard, um, or maybe even left guard, I don't know, but they can't keep doing that. And they can't – they're two best players at the moment. Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow are getting no help and are getting – I mean, they're just running into people. They're running into the defenders like every time they touch the ball. And uh, that's not <laughs> – I think we all know that's not how football is supposed to be played. And um, I, I just hope that they figure out something, um, not only for the health – mental and physical health of of Joe Burrow, but really to put forth a, a higher quality product. And and again, we knew this offensive line could be the Achilles heel of the Bengals, especially in an immediate turnaround type of situation. We knew that that was going to be an issue, but I don't know. I, I It just baffles me how they can continue to look at that and say, we're fine. We're good. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in. I'm Anthony Gazenza with CincyJungle.com. This has been the Cincy Jungle Week 5 postgame show, talking about the Bengals' 27-3 loss to the Ravens and what, what it all means. And there has been some ugliness coming out of it. I played the A.J. Green uh, video clip that has kind of gone viral for a little bit. So take that for what you will talked about the offensive line again. I'm sorry if you think I'm coming off too negative or too harsh or whatever, and you want a, a rosy outlook on what happened today. And we can talk about, Oh, the the positives and Logan Wilson and all, you know, we sure. But th- this, this was a bad, this was a bad, bad showing. This was a bad, bad showing by the Bengals and very, very disappointing, very disappointing. And I knew, I think we all knew that this was going to be a tough game, a tough contest, but Thought they'd give themselves a fighting chance to keep it close, keep it interesting. And they did none of that. None of it. Thanks for tuning in. We've got the Monday news jump tomorrow. So join us for that. We've got our Wednesday deep dive show. We're going to do some listener questions live late in the week. And then of course, Matt Minnick, Ace and Zim are going to be bringing some other podcast material to you throughout the week. Keep it to sincyjunglecom for all your news, opinions, analysis, all of that. Check, keep checking out our podcast. We appreciate the support. Hang in there. Things will get better, better days ahead. But this one hurt. We'll see you guys.